Today our theme has been seek the Lord, hasn't it? Seek the Lord. And what better time to be reminded of this important truth than at the time we observe communion, a time set aside specifically to remember, to remember what Jesus did for us. In thinking on the theme of seeking the Lord and somewhat doing a survey through the Bible on that theme, I came across Psalm 105. Would you turn there with me, please? Psalm 105. Oftentimes, this psalm is thought of as one of those precious psalms recounting the history of Israel and particularly of how God delivered them from Egypt. But as I meditated on the introduction to the psalm, I thought, ah, there is something for all of us in all ages, whether we are an Old Testament saint or a New Testament Christian. Follow with me, Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. The psalm goes on to recount the remembrance of his marvelous works as it relates to Abraham and the children of Jacob, as it relates to their going down into Egypt and God bringing judgment upon the Egyptians and delivering them out of Egypt. But meditate with me on this introduction. And as we meditate on it, let's consider what we've gathered this afternoon to remember. The admonition is given here in verse 5, remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Have you ever considered the marvelous works that were done for your salvation? There were some pretty spectacular things that Jesus Christ accomplished so that you and I could be redeemed, so that you and I could be bought. I think there of the phrase and of the judgments of his mouth. If you think and consider what judgment means and how it applies throughout all history and even applies in our situation, Jesus Christ did some marvelous works to bring about our salvation. 
The theme of this is to glory, to give thanks, and to seek the Lord. Do you see how the first verse went? It's a call to give thanks. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Did you know that what we observe here today in communion is also called the time of giving thanks? It's a time of offering thanksgiving for what Jesus has done. It's also a time of making known his deeds among the people. This is why we recount what Jesus did, what his deeds were in our salvation. It's a time for us to share as believers in rejoicing of what Jesus Christ has done. And just as we learned this morning as well, it's a time of singing. It's a time of singing unto him, singing psalms unto him, and talking of all his wondrous works. I hope that as we sang this afternoon, you paid attention to the words. Oh, that last song, the last verse of that last song was very much a communion hymn, wasn't it? As we considered and sang thanksgiving and praise to our God, as we considered what he did for our salvation. Have you ever considered it? I mean, we, we, we hear the phrase and the gospel summed up simply, and it is simple. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. But as many of you know, it wasn't just a simple process of giving up his life that day on Calvary. That day was a day of horror. In fact, it's impossible for me to even begin to describe the agony and the torture of that day. Jesus went through tortures that left many men dead long before he was ever nailed to that cross. And then he was nailed on that cross form of really torture that is a pain unimaginable. In some regards, the only reason Jesus survived the scourging is because he had prophecies yet to fulfill. Few men survived the scourging that Jesus endured that day. Complicated by the demeaning and the dehumanization of him. Artists have tried to capture different kinds of the crucifixion, and I'll be candid. You may notice so often I, I, I choose a common painting of the crucifixion that has the crosses silhouetted out. And, and I choose that on purpose because of two reasons. One, the artists have, can't really accurately depict what was on that cross, the gore and the horror of it. And um, the other reason is, is that it's hard to think on. It's hard to show. And yet I also don't want to leave a false impression. The scourging wasn't just a few little scratches on his back. It was a torture that left many men dead. But of all the pain, of all the scourging, of all the mocking, the greatest deed 
of his wondrous works done that day is when he, who knew no sin, none, was made sin because my sin was put upon him. Because your sin and guilt was put upon him. And the sins of all mankind throughout all history, past, present, and future, was put upon him. And in that moment, a relationship that he had from eternity past with his father died. Now, I use that word in, in, a, in, a, in its literal sense, in the sense of a separation. It was a separation. And as Jesus hung there on that cross and he cried out those words, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It wasn't because of him not seeking his father. It wasn't because of anything he had done. It was because of things I had done. His wondrous deeds that day was the pain for my sin and your sin. Which is why when I look at this psalm, I indeed we sing, we sing to him. And we talk of all his wondrous works and why we glory in his holy name. The name Jesus we use, and it's such a common and familiar name, but do you know the meaning of it? It comes from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Jehovah saves or Jehovah is salvation. We can glory in that name today because he saved us all. And it's because of his sacrifice that we can seek him. It says here that we glory in his holy name and let the heart of them that them rejoice that seek the Lord. This afternoon, because of what Jesus did, we can seek the Lord. We can find him and we can rejoice. <clears throat> you realize that if it weren't for what Jesus had done, that's not possible. If, if, if you see here as it continues, seek the Lord and his strength. Remember this morning we talked about how weak we are? Here, here in this time, it, we, we, were, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We, we were without strength in more ways than just physical. We had no hope. Jesus accomplished it so that we could have his strength. I love the phrase here, seek his face evermore. Meditate with me for a moment on the significance of that phrase. Seek his face evermore. Well, the evermore, of course, means forever, always, never stopping. Seek, we, we know what that means, right? It's, it's, to, it's to long after, it's, it's to hunt down, it's to find, it's to discover, it's to realize. But his face, his face, what, 
what does his face have to do with it? You ever thought of that? What does his face have to do with it? Do you know the concept of face in the Bible, in this concept? Well, let me illustrate it for you with a child. You have lots of you children out there, right? How many of you children, and you do know children can be this tall, how many of you children have ever done something wrong and been ashamed to look into the eyes of the loved one you wronged? We all have, haven't we? It's because there's something between, isn't it? And, and we look at the floor, we look away, we, we avoid that eye contact because there's a shame. Sometimes there's, a, 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 on the other side, when, when you've done something wrong and, and you come to mom or dad and you even confess it, and you see their face fall. You ever seen that? Their face falls. They look to the floor. They, and you instantly realize there's something between us, there's a problem here. You see, that's kind of what happened when Jesus took all of our sin on himself. His father turned away. He could not see it. He could not look upon all of that horrible sin that his son was made to bear. And he, tur he turned from it. That relationship was broken. And it was oh so temporary. But it was broken so that we could have the privilege to seek our God with an open face. Have you thought of that? We don't have to come to our God like this. You ever seen children do that? Children do that. Us adults do it, but we do it on the inside, don't we? or we just sear our conscience so bad that we won't ever be ashamed. But you know, that's, that's, you know we, we're ashamed. But Jesus died. Jesus took our sin upon him so that we don't have to be like that when we come to our Father, when we come to our God. We can come to him with open arms, with an open face. We can seek his face. That's a concept of relationship. It's a concept of communion. It's a concept of having an intimacy together through the face, face to face. All because the father forsook his son while he dealt with our sin. So that's all gone. That's not how we can come to God. It's not how we come to him. We can come to him instead with an open face and we can seek his face evermore. Now, I, I don't know about you, but that evermore is awful exciting. You know, sometimes 
we wrong people, and we do it over and over and over again, and eventually they just can't even look us in the eye. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or seen it in other people. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. But that's not the way it is with us. We can, because of Jesus, seek his face ever more. And what is this all? Let's remember his marvelous works that he hath done. This psalm goes on and recounts the glories of what happened in Egypt. What I'd like to do this afternoon as we meditate upon his broken body and his shed blood to give thanks to glory in his name and to seek his face in this special time.